Hey, what's up, guys? It's Pete Mundo of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Have a great Thanksgiving weekend. Thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast. Please do rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you do that, send me a screenshot of your review on iTunes to Pete Mundo. That's Pete, M-U-N-D-O, at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. And I will get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the show. And we'll talk to you soon. Third and goal at the three, and Iowa State moved at the snap. Skyler Thompson to the goal line, touchdown. I can feel it coming on now as the music plays. Taking shots with the night out. He's at the Baylor 35, the 30, the 25, the 20. It's a foot race to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. He goes again. David Sills with a 53-yard touchdown reception. We're going all night long, everybody and the Cyclones win it. They have knocked off the number four TCU Hard Frogs. This is not some mirage. When the sun goes they just kept trying to catch him, and he just kept running away from him. It's 81 yards for McCluskey on the grab. It's caught at the 10, to the 5, into the end zone, it's a Well, what a week for the Big 12 Conference. You've got new head coaches on top of that. You have a Big 12 race that is going down to the wire. It doesn't get any better than the Big 12 Conference right now. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much for joining us, being a part of the show, whether it's radio, podcast, YouTube, the website, whatever it might be. We appreciate you as we head down the home stretch of the season. I don't know where it went. I say it every year, but seriously, uh, last week of the regular season, I don't get it. I don't. But let's start off with the coaching news. Of course, Les Miles hired as the Kansas Jayhawks head coach. I love the hire. And this is what I've said from the get-go. You know, we did a roundtable with uh, myself and the other Heartland College sports writers and who we wanted to be the next head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. And I said Les Miles. Because how and where else was Kansas, Kansas, what, 6-40 and 40 in the past 46 games? Where were they going to get a head coach? That was somebody who had won a national championship. Guy's got a natty title. Is he 65? Yes. Is his offense antiquated? Yes. Is that part of the reason he was fired? Sure. But guess what else? This guy was winning 10 games a year at LSU, and frankly, if it wasn't for Nick Saban, he'd still have a job. Here's the problem with places like LSU and Auburn and some of the others in the SEC. They all compare themselves now to Alabama and Nick Saban, and that's incredibly foolish and short-sighted to do. But that's what they do around the SEC. As good as Nick Saban's been for the SEC, he's also been the worst thing to happen for anybody else coaching in that conference because... They're in a no-win situation, especially for the other top dogs. It's like you can't justify a 9-10 win season because, well, hey, Nick won the FCC in another national title. How are you going to beat him? I don't know how I'm going to beat him. He might be the greatest college football coach ever. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. All right, see you later. We'll find somebody else. <laughs> Telling you, that's what's going to happen. 
If you think Coach O is going to be at LSU for a decade, you're dead wrong. I promise you he won't be. So Les Miles comes here, 65 years old. Eh, okay, great. But guess what else? He's not going to leave you in two, three years. This is it. Best case scenario, Les Miles rebuilds the program. He gets you till he's 70, and then he hands the reins off to somebody who's already under his tutelage in the program and can help this thing really take off once Les Miles gets it back to respectability, which is hopefully bowl appearances. That's what you want right now if you're a Kansas fan. And having the Mad Hatter back, I don't know if I'm more excited for the season or for Big 12 media days. I got to make sure I already take off because I'm not missing Big 12 media days with Les Miles. I'm not going to do it. Between Les Miles and Mike Gundy, you know, you miss Bob Stoops. That's a pretty darn good lineup. That's a lot of fun. Throwing Gary Patterson, Dana Holgerson. Those are some real personalities. You know, David Beatty, God bless the man. He seems like a fantastic guy. I can't say it enough times. But he wasn't Mr. Personality. Now, he was a straight shooter. He'll give it to you. But he was not Les Miles. So Les Miles has his press conference. If you didn't see this or hear this, guy's got a total brain fart. I hope his coaching isn't like this when he gets on the field next year. Total brain fart answering this question. I, I got to play it for you here. Just take a listen. The, the style of football that we'll play, the um, community recognition of our players will will, will grow. Uh, the opportunity to get out and, and do uh, community enhancement and be involved with, uh, um, you know, the, the uh, um be involved with the the, um, the 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 many um, things. <laughs> I'm having a little uh, heartfelt here. Heartfelt or a uh, a brain fart there, Les? Which one was it? Either way, it, it was just classic Les Miles. Guy's got a total brain fart. Man, eh, doesn't really care. Oh well. That's what makes him great. Now, I think this is a fantastic move for LSU, and what I'd be doing off the bat is I would be targeting local guys in the Kansas City area. Now, there's not a ton of talent in Lawrence's backyard, but there's there you know there's enough decent talent to find the guys that are uncommitted, see if they have any interest in joining you, and then build out from there. Because early signing period is right around the corner. We got what four weeks. That's how I would play this if I were Les Miles. That should be the plan. Uh, you know, Kansas City, it's not Dallas, it's not Houston, but it's got some talent. So that should be the first phone call he makes. I think it's a good hire. I don't think some young up-and-comer is going to be able to turn this thing around in a few years. You needed a brand-name guy, and Les Miles is it, and you hope he hires great coordinators. That's what he needs. All right, so Big 12 race. We are down to basically if Texas beats Kansas, well – then it's the winner of Oklahoma, West Virginia. From a Big 12 perspective alone, that's what I'm talking about here, just a Big 12 perspective alone, the best case scenario for the conference is Texas, Oklahoma. Especially if Oklahoma, which obviously if Oklahoma wins, they'll have one loss heading into that game. If you have a Red River rivalry rematch in the Big 12 title game with Oklahoma one loss, a potential to make the college football playoff if they win, and Texas trying to spoil that and win a Big 12 conference for the first time in, what, over a decade now, that would be compelling television, fantastic for the conference, good for the sport. That's what you want. 
And I'm not saying this to give West Virginia fans a hard time or West Virginia fans to say, oh, you hate the Mountaineers. Okay, first off, I don't. I really like the Mountaineers. Secondly, I was at a West Virginia-Texas game a couple weeks ago in Austin with four Mountaineers fans sleeping under the same roof. If I hated the Mountaineers, pretty sure I would have been sleeping on the front lawn, all right? So that's not true. I love what Dana Holgerson has built with the program. But at the same time, when you look at the Big 12 as a whole, as good as that Texas-West Virginia game was, and I'll take that rematch, I wouldn't mind it. I'll take the rematch. When it comes to what is truly best for the big picture of the conference, you want your Blue Bloods to be great. The Big Ten wants Ohio State to be great. The Big Ten wants Michigan to be great. The SEC wants Alabama, Georgia, Florida. The ACC wants Florida State back to being good. Clemson has become, in many ways, a blue blood. The Pac-12 would kill to have USC competing for national championships again. I mean, look at the uh, Big 12 South. It's a joke. It's a mess. USC's down. UCLA's been bad for a while. You know, they've been back and forth, but generally bad for a while. Up north, Stanford's not having a great year. All right, Washington State's good, but uh, no one's talking about Washington State. Even though Mike Leach is a fantastic character, no one's really discussing Washington State, and that's not going to change, even if they finish up with one loss after the conference uh, championship game. No one's going to be talking about it. Every conference wants its Blue Bloods to be good, and uh, the Big 12 has not had that in a decade now. Since Texas lost to Alabama in the national championship, nothing's been the same. Since Colt McCoy went down early in that game with his injury, nothing's been the same for this program. And I know Texas is not competing for a spot in the college football playoff, but if this team in year two under Tom Herman finds itself competing for a Big 12 championship, for all the people that say, oh, Texas is not back, Pete, you know, you shouldn't have said that. You spoke too soon after they lost two in a row to Oklahoma State and West Virginia. I said, no, that's not the case. Texas is back. Okay, they lost two games in uh, November or late October, early November. Guess what? There's a couple weeks left in the regular season, and Texas is in the hunt for the Big 12 title. What more can you ask for? What does back mean? Do they have to win a national championship to be back? No. When I think of the word and the phrase, is Texas back, it means are they back to being relevant in the conference schedule and the conference picture and then the national picture. If they're playing in Arlington next week, which God forbid they will be unless they lose to Texas or lose to Kansas for a second time in three years. (laughs) Kansas fans love that moment. But unless they have a total disastrous meltdown, they're going to be in the Big 12 title game. That's a big deal. It's a big moment for this team. And it's come back to national relevancy. And it came a year early as well. I said, okay, if they win uh, nine games, that's a good year. Now they might have a chance to hit double digits, win a Big 12 championship, maybe play in a major bowl game. Now it won't be a college football playoff bowl game, but it'll be a major bowl game. And I'm not going to overlook that. I'm not going to say that's not worth something. It's worth something for Texas, and it is worth something for this conference, even if you are a fan of anybody else and you hate Texas, whether it's Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma. You want Texas to be back, to be good, to be relevant, because I believe it has a trickle-down effect on the entire conference. I've always felt that way for Blue Bloods in any conference. 
So we'll be watching this thing. We'll be seeing how it plays out. It's going to be a fun week in the Big 12. But speaking of this whole rivalry in Texas and everything else going on, uh, Brecken Hager got himself in a little bit of trouble. The Big 12 reprimanded him. What's that all about? How does the Big 12 make the college football playoff? Can it happen at this point? We'll get to that and much more coming up on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So when it comes to the college football playoff, it looks like it's Oklahoma or bust. And even at this point, I don't know how OU does it. I'm sorry. I hate to say it, but I don't know how the conference does it. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. OU embarrassed itself over the weekend against Kansas. It gave up over 500 total yards. Nobody else had given up more than 360-something yards to the Jayhawks in conference play this year. And OU gives up 40 points. What a disaster. And already last week we heard from the college football playoff committee, or not the committee, but the talking heads, and we knew this was going to happen. Hey, look at that OU defense. I get it. The offense is great, but the defense is a mess. Okay, fine. It is a mess. But the offense is that good. It is that spectacular. But when the defense was bad enough to give up 40 points and 500 yards to Kansas, it's, it's trying to defend the, the indefensible. And when you have a situation with Notre Dame one win away against a garbage USC team from crashing this college football playoff and taking a spot away from a Power 5 team, uh, it's tough. It's going to be tough. If Alabama and Clemson finish undefeated, Notre Dame only has to win this week against USC to finish undefeated, then what are you going to have? You're going to have Michigan, if they beat Ohio State and then beat Northwestern, they're obviously going to stay in over Oklahoma. Georgia, they have a chance. If Georgia goes out there and it wins out over Georgia Tech and then Alabama, they got a shot. Heck, Georgia, it may lose to Alabama if it's a close game and have a shot. People may say, well, they lost to LSU on the road and then Alabama in the SEC title game. Don't be shocked by that. Seriously, don't be. So I think the road is very difficult for the Big 12 right now. I hope I'm wrong. OU is the only chance, and uh, we'll be following it to see what happens. So the Big 12, by the way, uh, publicly reprimanded Brecken Hager, Texas linebacker. He ripped on OU after the win last weekend for the Longhorns over Iowa State. So he was wearing a cowboy hat. He had his sunglasses on. His hair was braided. And Hager's walking back to the locker after Texas beats Iowa State when a reporter informed him the Sooners had given up 40 points to Kansas. Hager turned around and said, quote, Hey, OU has no defense. Hager then stopped again, pointed to a nearby clock, and added, quote, Wait, wait. It's 11-12 and what? OU still sucks. It's fun and games, but not to the Big 12. Not to Bob Bowlesby. Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, said in a statement, Brecken Hager violated the conference rule that prohibits coaches, student-athletes, athletic department staff, and university personnel from making negative comments about other member institutions for his remarks about the University of Oklahoma. Yada, 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 nobody cares. This is college athletics. Don't take the fun out of it. 
The NFL has done enough of that with its no fun league. Gosh, you want guys to be themselves, have personalities. It doesn't mean you want guys getting hurt out there or going crazy on the field. But my goodness, loosen up, Bob Bowlesby. Loosen up, Big 12 Conference. The rivalries are what make college football great, and I would argue make it the greatest sport in America. The rivalries, the fans' passion around the rivalries, the fact that these guys are not getting paid a dime. All right, we can argue whether or not that's true, but they aren't getting paid a dime, and they have the passion in many ways just like their own fans have. That's what makes college football the best. That's what makes it great. And Bob Bowlesby to come out with this comment, this nonsense, and then Hager's got to release a statement saying he was truly sorry. No, he's not. Now the conference is making the kid lie, saying, quote, I had no ill intentions when I made my comments about Oklahoma, which included a phrase that's used by fans, but I have to realize that it's different coming from me. Dude, it's not Brecken Hager's fault, but this is an embarrassing joke. Big 12's got to lighten up just a hair. My goodness. Relax, relax, guys. Seriously. Just chill. No one's getting hurt here. All right. OU sucks. Horns down. Whatever it might be. Let them. Let the rivalries live. Considering all the conference realignment we've had, so many great rivalries are dead. Let's not destroy them even more with nonsense like this, if you're the Big 12 and if you're Bob Bowlesby. Jeez, don't do it, please. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Appreciate you joining us, being a part of the show. So are we heading down the home stretch for a couple of Big 12 teams? We might be. We'll see. Is this it for Bill Snyder? Is Cliff Kingsbury suddenly in hot water? I'm telling you right now, I would not touch Cliff Kingsbury. I know the Kansas State loss was really bad. I get it. But Jeff Duffy stinks at quarterback. I said that uh, over the weekend. And you got to look at the entire body of work and say, okay, the losses, they've lost four in a row. But the losses to Iowa State, Texas, and, and Oklahoma by combined 21 points. This team and this program is in a good place right now. I, I, once again, I'm not happy with the Kansas State game if I'm a Tech fan. But the recruiting class looks good. I've noted that before. And I, I don't see how Tech's going to do better at this point. You, I would give Kingsbury the 2019 season. I think he's earned it. And uh, all the losses. Look at every loss they've had this year outside of every Big 12 loss they've had this year outside of K-State was by single digits. West Virginia by eight. Iowa State by nine, Oklahoma by five, Texas by seven. These are losses to good teams, and they were all close. There were no blowouts. Kansas State was an anomaly. And if Alan Bowman's healthy all season, who knows how these games turn out differently. So I would not touch Kingsbury at this point. I wouldn't do it. I know Tech fans might have a quick trigger, but I think they'd be making a a big-time mistake. Now, Bill Snyder, what's going on there? It would be so Bill Snyder-esque. If this team upsets number 16, Iowa State, and then Snyder miraculously keeps his job. 
I don't think that should happen. K-State fans got on me over the weekend when in our uh, podcast that we do every Sunday after the show, we put that on Facebook Live, Periscope, and it's on YouTube as well and on iTunes. We don't do a radio show with it, but if there's demand, we'll, of course, do it. Anyway, if Bill Snyder beats Iowa State and somehow miraculously saves his job by getting to another bowl game, it would be so Bill Snyder and so Kansas State. The guy's six feet under, he digs himself out. But I, I said... Half tongue-in-cheek, but I said, you know, if I'm a K-State fan, I if that's the case, I don't want to beat Iowa State. And I wasn't serious, 100% serious when I said that, guys. But it was more like, okay, if you told me, look into a crystal ball, and if Bill Snyder wins this game, he keeps his job, or Kansas State can lose this game and then go find a new head coach, I would take the latter as a K-State fan. I'm not saying they're keeping Bill Snyder. This game may be irrelevant to him remaining the head coach moving forward. I'm just saying, if that were the case, and if Bill Snyder wins this game, he keeps his job. If I'm a K-State fan, I say, Farmageddon, you have it, Iowa State. Really doesn't mean anything to either of us at this point, so take it. It's time for us to move on. That was my only point there, and I don't think it's a bad one because K-State desperately needs fresh blood. They've lost something like 25 guys leaving the program, transfers or otherwise, over the past couple of years. you got to have new blood. And coming up, let's do it. Let's preview the final week of the Big 12 regular season. It's coming up next on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Well, let's dive into week 13. I cannot believe it in college football. My goodness, it's gone already. It's here and it's gone just like that. Jeez. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Thanks so much for joining us and being a part of the show. So uh, whether it's on the podcast, whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on Google Play, YouTube, we put this up everywhere. And I know for our affiliate in Kansas City, you guys air this show on KCMO, my home station, on Saturday morning. So you are going to get a first-hand look into whether or not my predictions for Friday's games are right or wrong. First up, we got Texas and Kansas in Lawrence. I don't think the Jayhawks are going to be able to get a win for a second or a second time in three years over the Longhorns. I don't think so. Texas is beat up. Might be Shane Bouchelle at quarterback. We don't know yet. And yes, Kansas is motivated, basically auditioning for less miles. That's a big deal. I think Kansas can cover this 15-plus point spread, but Texas is not going to blow this game against Kansas with a chance to reach the Big 12 championship on the line. Not happening. No way. No how. Uh, The only hope is that Kansas is able to force a ton of turnovers like they have done a lot of this year uh, and they have done successfully against Shane Bouchelle as a backup quarterback and make a miracle happen. That's the only chance... Kansas has, if not, no way. KU's playing a much better defense than Oklahoma last week, and Texas way too motivated. But it might be closer than people think. 11 a.m., short week for a banged-up Longhorns team, but that's about it. Oklahoma at West Virginia. Let's go there next. It's the Friday night matchup. A trip to the Big 12 title is on the line. And, yes, it's in Morgantown. Yes, OU's defense has been garbage. I understand all of that. But at the same time, in these close games with a lot of pressure, I go with the coaching staff. And as much as I love Dana Holgerson, and I think he's a great fit for the Mor- for the Mountaineers in Morgantown, 
I am not going to turn my back on Lincoln Riley in this spot. I think Lincoln Riley is an elite head coach. I think that Oklahoma is going to have its way against a West Virginia secondary that struggled mightily at times last week against Oklahoma State. Taylor Cornelius is a nice little player. But if you're going to struggle against Taylor Cornelius, how are you going to do against Kyler Murray, against Hollywood Brown, against CeeDee Lamb, against that running attack? You're going to have a tough time. And also, OU, people don't realize, loves to run the ball first and foremost. Guess what? West Virginia gave up 250 yards to the Cowboys on the ground last week. Now, on the flip side, you can say, hey, Pete, OU's defense stinks. I agree. OU's defense struggles. No doubt about it. Has not been very good. But at the same time, I'm sitting here and I'm saying to myself, okay, whose defense do I trust more? West Virginia's been up and down. All right, they played well against TCU. Not so well against Texas. Great against Baylor. Not so well against Iowa State. Fluctuates. In this spot, West Virginia has not proven that it can win these pressurized games. They're much better at home, but I can't do it. Not with the season on the line, not with OU playing for a college football playoff appearance potentially, or at least continuing their hope of a college football playoff appearance. I'm just I'm not going against Lincoln Riley in this spot, even on the road, but it is going to be a heck of a game on Friday night. All right, Saturday's games, Baylor and Texas Tech. Well, it's interesting. Both of these teams now are playing for a chance to get to a bowl game. By the way, oh, you want a prediction on OU West Virginia? All right, give me the Sooners by a final of OU 45, West Virginia 42. There you have it. As for the Texas-Kansas game, give me the Longhorns by a final of, I'm going to say, 31-17. to There you go in that game. All right, Baylor-Texas Tech. A bowl game on the line for both these teams. Uh, Both lost a game last week that they probably feel in hindsight they should have won. Baylor against TCU, Texas Tech against Kansas State. This bowl appearance, much more important to Cliff Kingsbury. He has to win this game, arguably, some people are saying to keep his job. I don't think it's fair. Don't think it's right. But at the same time, that's the situation Texas Tech is in. Tech's defense is underratedly good. Now they go up against a Baylor offense that you think is explosive, but in four of the past six games for Baylor, the offense hasn't cracked 17 points. That's not a good look. So Texas Tech's defense has the edge against Baylor's offense, and on top of that, you have a Baylor defense that has not been very good at all. Second worst pass defense efficiency in the Big 12, and a rushing defense is worse in the conference. So even with Jet Duffy at quarterback, possibly, I think Tech's in a good spot to uh, pick this win up, especially on a fast turf like AT&T Stadium there for the Dallas Cowboys. Also, Baylor's done a bad job protecting the quarterback. Offensive line stinks. Worst in the Big 12, giving up 34 sacks in 11 games. Meantime, on the flip side, you got a Tech team that's, you know, fourth in the conference with 25 sacks in 11 games. Look for Tech to get after the quarterback and pick up the win by a touchdown final of 31-24. The Red Raiders pick up the victory on Saturday. Farmageddon, Kansas State, Iowa State. Uh, This has a lot of potential. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of potential. What's on the line here? Well, Iowa State's playing for a better bowl game. K-State, bowl eligibility, maybe sending Bill Snyder off on top. Who knows? K-State got its last home win last week. Is that the last we see of Bill Snyder? Some people might know. We don't know. 
that was their Super Bowl. I know they want to get to the bowl game and everything else, and they've had a lot of success in this matchup. But Iowa State is coming off a loss last week against Texas. They want to send off their seniors in a high note. And I also think that the defense has been very good for K-State, but it's been even better for Iowa State. Last week was tough. I get it. But that defense is still, to me, the best in the conference. So it's going to be a classic Farmageddon game. But I think Iowa State picks up the win by a final. And K-State covers the spread. But Iowa State picks up the win by a final of 24-14. to 14. Last but not least, running out of time, a motivated TCU team fighting for a bowl game on senior day against an Oklahoma State team that I can't figure out for the life of me. Win a big game, lose a tough game. Win a big game, lose a tough game. Give me TCU in the upset. Get really good defense, second-best pass defense efficiency in the conference, uh, fourth-best rushing D. If they can keep in this thing, Oklahoma State's motivation is questionable. They got their bowl game. TCU's fighting for its own bowl game. I think TCU can pull off the upset here by a final of 27-24. to 24. So we'll be following it. We'll be touching on every game on Sunday. By the way, we don't do this show on the radio on Sunday. We do a podcast. So if you want to get immediate reaction to the Big 12 games from Saturday, Friday and Saturday, please do check us out. Find us on iTunes. I do a podcast there. It's also on our YouTube page as well and on Periscope on Twitter. So appreciate that. Appreciate you. Enjoy the final week of the regular season in college football. I cannot believe it's already here. Be keeping tabs on the rest of the country as well because that will determine whether or not we find ourselves in a situation where the Big 12 has a chance at the college football playoff. Don't know yet. This weekend will play a big part in all of that. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Appreciate you all joining us, being a part of the show, and we'll talk to you next week, same time, same place, on Heartland College Sports Weekly. 2,000 country stations, yeah, we're one big country nation, that's right. Thanks again for listening to this week's show. Please do rate, review, subscribe, and send me a screenshot, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll get you the free koozie. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the games.